0: In the book of Romans chapter number 11, Paul is writing to the, those Christians in Rome and he's talking to them. Paul, if you remember, God called him. He's a, he is a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He's a Jew. He had connections with Rome and he was a Roman citizen. And God used him in a miraculous way. It was God's purpose for him to carry the gospel to the Gentiles. And so he he preached in the synagogues, and he preached to the Jews, but then he eventually moved, and his primary ministry was to the Gentiles. That's me and you. But Paul wants us to understand something about Israel, and you and I in America need to understand something about Israel. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do not think, and I don't don't think it's just coincidence, that I have seen more anti-Jewish Propaganda on our news media in the last several weeks than ever before in America. The picture that's painted is of the excessive aggression of Israel in Palestine. I'm not preaching a political message this morning. I'm preaching a biblical message. I want you to understand that God has a purpose. And historically, God has blessed America because of our Trust in him and God we trust because of our support of Israel. On the early morning news this morning, I saw protests up around Kerry on yesterday protesting Israel's aggression in Gaza. Every report I've seen almost on the news has shown the Israeli destruction of innocent civilian sites in Gaza. They've talked about the death of innocent civilians, and the death of children. And they've not mentioned the fact, very little, that over the last several months and year, that it has been a continual bombardment of Israel with rockets out of Gaza. you have to be blind, not read anything, uh, to not understand that Israel is a very small country, surrounded completely, by enemies. They want the total annihilation of Israel. They're not interested in a peace accord. Their only purpose is to ultimately and finally destroy Israel. I want you to look now. Paul is dealing with this about Israel spiritually. And he's talking to me and you who are Gentiles. God spoke and I'll read some scripture in a minute about when he called Abraham and he gave the articles of God to the word of God to the Jews to give to the whole world. It was through that Jewish lineage that Jesus Christ came to be the savior of the whole world. The salvation of the Gentiles, the church, those of us who are saved, washed in the blood was not a second thought with God. It was not something that God said, I'm going to deal with this nation of Israel. And if they respond good, if they don't, I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to deal with the whole world. No, from the very beginning before the foundation of the world, God chose a people for his name. He gave them a land. He gave them a capital, Jerusalem. And he said, through you will come the Messiah. And out of thee will all the nations of the earth be blessed. And now in this day, we call this period of time a dispensation. It's a dispensation, a certain period of time. It's a time when God is dealing with the whole world with a message of the gospel through grace. Now, Israel did not respond. Romans, uh, John chapter 1, he came into his own and his own received him not. But to his many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name that passage where it says he came to his own, it means he came to Israel. They rejected him as savior. They rejected him as king in part. But you re- do remember that the disciples were Jews. You do remember the apostle Paul was a Jew. You do remember that all many of the p- people saved in the book of Acts, many of them, particularly on the day of Pentecost were all Jews. And uh, God does save Jews today and he's saving Jews now. The only thing now he's not been dealing with Israel as a nation in regard to the Savior. He's dealing with them as individuals in regard to salvation. And so uh, Paul wants us to understand something. God has not cast off Israel. God did not Say, all right, I'm through with Israel. I'm going to save. I'm going to deal with people, and I'm going to. I'm going to create the church. All that was in God's plan. That Paul said it was a mystery. It was a truth that was not revealed yet, but it was revealed in the New Testament time. Now, come with me to the book of Romans. Now, notice what it says. I'm going to read chapter 11. All of chapter 11. I'll get you out of here before 12, close to 12. And uh, but notice what it said in chapter 10, verse 1. Paul said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. I'm going to leave off the reading there. Paul, though he's preaching to Gentiles, and though his ministry is primarily to Gentiles, he has not forgotten the Jew. He did not turn his back completely on Israel. He didn't turn his back completely on the Jews. He is primarily dealing with Gentiles. Paul says, just as he didn't forget Israel, God hadn't forgot Israel either. He said, it's still my heart's desire and prayer to God that Israel be saved. But they, like many of us here this morning, like people around the world, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. They've gone about trying to establish their own righteousness. Many people in America are trying to establish their own righteousness. Go to heaven by good works. But the Bible said, not by deeds of righteousness which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. The Bible said, all of our good works, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so you've got to surrender to Christ. Now, Paul wants to understand something. God did not cast off Israel. So now come to chapter number 11. In chapter number 11, we pick up the reading in chapter number 11. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Want ye not? What the scripture saith in Isaiah, and I have not finished dealing with Isaiah. That is the word Isaiah. How he maketh intercession to God against Israel saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone and, and seek, uh, and seek my life. And, but what saith the answer of God to him? I'm sorry, that is Elijah, I'm sorry. And I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so, then at, thy pres- at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now, Paul said this, oh, 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 the prophet of God said, Lord, I'm the only one of Israel that wants to love you and serve you. God says, it's not so. He said, I've got a remnant. And Paul said, even now at this present time, of course, the writing here would have been somewhere within the first hundred years after Christ. But he's saying there's still a remnant of Israel. There's still a remnant. There's still that, that God's dealing with according to grace. And if, be, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Now, here's what I'm, he's saying. He said it's either all of grace or not at all. It's got to be all of grace. You can't mix law and works. You can't mix Judaism and grace. You can't mix works, good deeds and, and grace. It's either all of grace or not a grace at all. You don't have it. If you try to mix it, you don't have it. It's kind of like when you pour coffee and tea in the same cup. You don't have tea and you don't have coffee. Well, you don't have grace. You don't have works when you mix them. He said it's all of grace. God's unmerited favor. God's riches at Christ's expense. And he said, that's what's available to Israel. That's what's available to us. Verse 7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According to, as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said... Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back away. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, though that through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be riches to the world, and the diminishing of them riches to the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, that is, the Jew, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the firstfruits be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree... Boast not thyself. Uh, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast thou bearest not the fruit. But the root. Uh, but the root of thee. Thou wilt say then. The branches were broken off. That I might be grafted in. Well because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high minded but fear. For God spared not the natural branches. Take heed lest he also not spare thee. Behold therefore the goodness and the severity of God. On them which fail. Severity. But toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also if they abide not still in unbelief shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature, and were grafted con- contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. What is the mystery? Lest ye, un- lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, Until the fullness of the Gentiles become. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer. And shall turn away the uh, the ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them. When I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel. They are enemies for your sake. But as touching the election, they are beloved of the fathers for the father's sake, for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past were not, uh, ye have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believe that through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. All oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways of past finding out. For whom he hath know, who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed to him again. Now here's my text. Last little verse. Watch this. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Look at this little phrase of theme for 2009. Of him, through him, to him. Say that with me. Of him, through him, to him. Say it again. Of him, through him, to him. Heavenly Father, I pray now the Holy Ghost of God would minister to our hearts this morning. Our Father, we're living, Lord, I believe, our Father, in one of the most exciting times in all the ages. Our Father, we're standing on the doorstep of the rapture of the church. Our Father, I pray, God, you'd help us to be faithful stewards of the time you give us. Help us to be faithful stewards of the gospel you've given to us. And God, help us to understand and discern the times and the seasons. I pray, God, you'd help us to be busy about the master's business and to redeem the time because we know the days are, e- the days are short and the deeds of men are evil. I pray, God, the Holy Ghost, our Father, this morning will speak to hearts. Already you've spoken through singing, through the reading of your word. Now, God, speak and I'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look in your Bible back to Genesis chapter 12 just real quick. I've read to you some passage of scripture that without taking a few minutes to explain it to you. And the way I read it's hard to understand when I read anyway. But what he's saying to Israel, to the Romans, to the Gentiles is this. Don't brag. Don't, don't think that you're better than Israel. He said blindness has, in part hath happened to Israel. And you, as a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. I was talking to somebody some time back; might have been Sammy. I've got under my apple tree at home some volunteer apple trees that have come up, where the apples have fallen and they've come up. And he was telling me, whoever it was, was saying that they they tell him that they those volunteers like that don't bear very much. That if you want to have a real good fruit, what you have to do is you, you take a, a good apple tree and you graft a branch into that. And then that can be, once it's, once it's grafted in, you can transplant it and it'll, it'll make a, a, a good tree. Now, I don't understand how all that works. I don't understand how you could take like a, a volunteer that comes up and cut it off and graft in something off the main tree and then it would work. I don't understand that. But I understand a little bit about what Paul's talking about. Paul's saying, Here we are, and we are Gentiles, and Israel are the branches. Christ said, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. That, that simile, that, that illustration, Christ said, I'm the main trunk coming out of the ground, and you're all the little branches that go off, and through me comes nutrition, through me comes the water, through me it goes out and goes through all the branches. And the fruit is produced. Now, the, the the branches don't produce the fruit. It's hanging on them, but it comes all the way back to the roots. It comes back to the main vine. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Without me, you could do nothing. Now, <clears throat> the same picture is used here, but it's an olive tree. And that main olive tree, of course, is, is God himself. In Israel, the branches offer that. Now, he said what God did in his divine providence is he grafted in the Gentiles in the church. And he said, don't you boast that you're better than the Gentile or than the Jews. Don't you boast that God has forsaken them. And now you're saved by grace. He said, because God did that so you could be saved. God worked in the nation of Israel. And blindness in part has happened to them so that you could be grafted in to be saved. Now, has God forsaken his people forever? He said, God forbid. And he goes through it over and over again. Please understand something. God is dealing with the nation of Israel like no other nation on the face of the earth. Not America, not England, not Russia, not China, n- n- no other country in the world that God has a particular interest in, like he does Israel. And back in Genesis chapter twelve, we have the call of Abraham. And notice, if you will, just a little bit about this, and there are many scriptures that he goes through and he talks to Abraham about his covenant and promises so on. But I'll read just the initial call. In Genesis chapter twelve, verse one. Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house to land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now listen, God has made that promise that through the nation of Israel, all the nations of the world could be blessed. Through the nation of Israel, Jesus Christ came, suffered, bled, and died. And the gospel's gone around the whole world. Everywhere the gospel's preached, men and women have been saved. Lives have been changed. Hospitals have been built. Schools have been built. And families have been built for the glory of God. What a blessing. And God blesses because of his Holy Spirit. And God blesses those. The Bible says here in this passage of Scripture, he said, I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. You don't have to take my word for it. Trace history trace history and see those people who have befriended Israel the blessings of God on them and those who have turned against Israel you'll see the curse of God on them it's still there it's still there now I've read you chapter number 11 now I'm going to this is Genesis chapter 12 when he called Abram and out of Abram all the nations of the earth would be blessed because through the seed of Abram, which is going to be Jesus, the gospel be preached to the whole world. Now, I want to jump way over chapter 11. And I want to come, maybe, to the year, I can't count it up right now. But approximately three years from now, maybe, maybe, approximately three years from now, It'll have to be at least three years from now. I want you to go near the end of your Bible, in the Old Testament rather, to the book of Zechariah. Go to the book of Zechariah. And I want to show you a passage of scripture here in the book of Zechariah chapter 12. Now, I've just read to you Genesis chapter 12 that happened 700 years before Christ ever came. Through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel and Jesus Christ is born. Jesus born in Bethlehem, born of the stock of Abraham, son of David. And he became the Messiah, the savior of the world. Since that time, his death, resurrection, ascension back to the father, the gospel has gone around the world. God has saved and added people to the church. Not Benson Grove Baptist Church, but to the body of Christ around the world. Has he forgotten Israel? Did he cast off Israel? No. There were those who were in God's plan in what's called the election that had been saved. But he's not cast off the nation of Israel either. He's still working with them. In 1948, he brought Israel back to the land of promise. That's prophesied in the word of God. Now we come to Zechariah chapter 12. I'm skipping way over. What I've just read to you in the book of Romans, chapter 11. In chapter number 12, look at verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and form the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about it. When they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. For in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All the burden all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces through all the people, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness, and I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah, and will smite every horse of the people with blindness, and the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts their God, and in that day will I make the governors of Judah like an heart of wood among the wood. fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheath and they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place even in Jerusalem the Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah in that day Shall the Lord Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them in that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as uh, shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth for him, his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. From him, through him, to him, God has a plan. It came from him. It came through him. And it's going back to him. That's his plan. For God so loved the world that he sent from him his only begotten son that whosoever in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent from him. Jesus Christ, his son, through him, everlasting life to him. All that God's doing is working his plan to bring people to him. Jesus prayed and said, Father, I pray that they might be where I am, that they might behold my glory. He said this, the Lord himself should have sent from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called together to meet them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen. From him. Through him. To him. What's God doing in the world right now? We're coming to this point right here. You look at it this week. It's it's not something i just tried to see. It's just been so glaring. Our nation is being conditioned to drop our support of Israel. We have to stand for world peace because Israel has overreacted. And Israel is the aggressor. And Israel has used undue support. I heard the Palestinian... Representative is speaking this morning, and he said they, they've done all this bombing just because of one or two or ten rockets. That's the way he said One or two or ten. How about a hundred? How about two hundred? Listen, God's plan is working out. God has a plan. It's from him. It's through him. It's to him. He sent his son. He came from him. God loved you and he sent his son. That through him, you might have the forgiveness of sin. That you might go to him and live forever. God was the one who came to Abraham. From him, he had a plan. He came to Abraham and worked in Abraham. And he said, I will do all these things. I'll keep my covenant. I'll do this. I'll do that. Later, as you read about Abraham, Abraham has a dream and God tells Abraham, he says, Abraham, he said, you go and you divide these different animals. You divide a bullock and you divide a lamb and you divide the doves and put the doves down. And when you do that, when you split those animals, you lay them, there's blood that runs between those in order to make a, a binding contract. Those individuals who were making that binding covenant contract, they had to put arm in arm and walk down between those two, the, that covenant sacrifice. And when they walked through on that bloody trail, that covenant was sealed. And so what happens is this. Abraham sees that and he, and he fights away uh, the, the, the buzzards who'd come. And God never shows up. And he said, I fell into a deep sleep. And he said, I looked. And he said, there was a lamp that came. And that lamp lamp passed down through that bloody trail by himself. I didn't get to go. You know why? Because it was not conditioned on Abraham. It was a covenant between God himself and that lamp that came down and went through that bloody trail was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he didn't make the covenant conditioned on us. It was his eternal purpose and grace to do that. And he said, I'll save, not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He said to Abraham, and it says of Abraham, and he believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. Believing God is where it comes from. God's done that. God has a plan for Israel. Here's his plan. His plan is that all the nations other earth would come against him. Now all as brother Don Harrell says in the Hebrew means all, all in the Greek means all and in the book of redneck it means all, all would mean all of Iraq, it would mean all of Afghanistan, it would mean all of China. It would mean all of Japan. It would mean all of Israel. It would mean of, of Egypt. It would mean all of Jordan. It would mean all of Spain and all of Germany and all of Turkey. It would mean all of Britain and all of America. And he said, I'll destroy all nations that come against them, all of them. All of them, my dear friend. You and I have a space beginning today to do what we're going to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this the beginning of this great battle? I don't have any idea. I know the sequence of events that God settled in my heart. We're now in what's called the dispensation of grace, and you and I are redeemed. A time we'll preach the gospel to every creature. I believe the next great event on the prophetic timetable of God is the rapture of the church Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about a great battle when the northern powers led by Russia and Germany will come down against Israel they're going to be defeated and destroyed they come down to take a prey and they're going to be defeated and destroyed I'm not sure exactly how that fits I don't know if that happens just before the rapture or right after the rapture I'm not sure Some of you may know better than I do. But I do know this. The thing that's going to happen is we're going to be out of here. Daniel chapter 9 prophesies what's called the 70th week of Daniel. He laid out in detail the history of the nation of Israel. That 70th week of Daniel is called the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a tribulation time. It's a time of great sorrow. The Bible describes it as a time of great trouble of of tribulation it's depicted in the book of revelation from about chapter 13 all the way through uh, chapter 16 and it's pictured for us the great tribulation period it's a period of seven years what's going to happen in those seven years antichrist will rise there will be a one world leader who will be both a religious and a political leader he'll have the solutions of the whole world and all the world will flock to him And he'll be named the world leader. He'll make a covenant with Israel and allow them to rebuild the temple. But before they can ever begin their sacrificial worship, he'll walk into that temple and declare himself to be God to demand that Israel and the whole world worship him. God will pour out from heaven vials of wrath, bowls of wrath on this earth. Rivers will turn to blood. The sun will become seven times hotter than it's ever been before. And men will gnaw their tongue in pain. And they'll cry out for death. Cry out for death. And not be able to die. Demons will be visible. They'll go across the land. They'll torment men. And they'll, they'll sting men. And they'll, they'll be in awful agony and pain. And not be able to die. But ultimately, finally. All the nations will come against Israel. In what's called the great battle of Armageddon. In that day. The Bible said the Lord shall come with ten thousands of his saints. That's me and you. Amen. We're coming back. And we're coming back. And the Bible said out of his mouth goes a two-edged sword. Or, or A sword that will smite all the enemies of Israel. In the valley of Megiddo. Outside of Jerusalem. The blood will flow to the horse's bridle. And Jesus Christ will step on the Mount of Olives. It will split. He'll, become, he'll rule this earth for a thousand years. My dear friend, you say, Brother Billy, is all that really going to happen? Just as sure as I'm standing here. Just as sure as I'm standing here. And you might be standing right at the door of it. You say, Well, that makes me a little bit nervous. No, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Listen, you just be faithful. Be faithful. I don't have any idea what we'll face here in America in the next year, but I do know one thing. He's faithful who hath promised. He's faithful. He wants to use us as he never has before. Watch the news. You're living history. But you're also living prophecy. Day by day. Every day. My dear friend, you pray for Jerusalem. You pray for Israel. And you pray for America that will stand behind Israel. You and I have responsibility. What is our responsibility? It's not changed. Going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we're here to do. I was thinking back this week as I've been reading the book of Romans and going through the book of Romans. Paul was a prisoner at Rome and he was in prison there for quite a while. Paul's gospel did not change the Roman Empire. It failed, but it sure changed the Roman jailer. And it sure changed the woman at the, by the riverside. And it changed uh, the Philippian jailer. And it made a difference in lives. And you and I will not Christianize America. It's getting worse and worse every day. You might well recognize that fact. But there's an old song that we used to sing in Baptist churches. Hadn't sung it in a while. Rescue the perishing and care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from sin and woe. Listen. You and I have responsibility. And I want to just give you this little thought as we close out this message today. From him, through him, to him. That's what it's all coming to. It's from him. It's going to be, happen through him. And it's going back to him. He'll get all the glory. Will you bow your heads in prayer? Now I realize that this has been a disjointed sermon. I do. I love to alliterate sermons. I love to lay it out. But this little truth is just in my heart. I want you to understand this. Get a world perspective. I'm not talking about politics now. I'm talking about prophecy. Israel will survive. I promise you she will survive. God has his hand on them. I believe the clock is ticking He said, there's coming a day that I will destroy all the nations who go against Israel. That's going to happen. Now, you can't change that. My job and your job is to pray. The Word of God says you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You pray for the nation of Israel. But you and I have responsibility to preach the gospel to every creature. You ought to want to make sure that your grandchildren are in, that your children are in, that all of your friends and neighbors are in. God wants us to be faithful and occupied till he comes.